So we keep on keeping on. Hey humans, I'm Norma Jean and welcome to Stay Wild, the podcast about how to keep your quirks in the wondrous world. This is episode number 32 with Lauren Smith, who's an entrepreneur, author, and podcast host. We met in Bali a few years ago and she's really a badass at social media entrepreneurship. She's a mom, she's an author, super inspiring episode. She's got a lot of insight, a lot of wisdom. And today's episode is brought to you, as usual, by me, Norma Jean, singer, songwriter, doodler extraordinaire. And you can see all my art at njloves.com. All the music from this episode you can find on my latest album, Bali and Back Again, available on Spotify. If you're liking the podcast, please subscribe, write us a review on Apple Podcasts. We're also available on Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, everywhere you get your podcasts from. And if you're feeling Bali, come to Camp Clarity. We'll have a little bit more info about that on the break. But the website is www.joincampclarity.com. That's J-O-I-N-C-A-M-P-C-L-A-R-I-T-Y.com. And here we go. All right, humans, I'm here today with Lauren Smith, who is an entrepreneur, author, and podcast host. She's the author of Mind Love, which is a really cool new book coming out, and her podcast is called Master Your Mind, Business, and Life. Welcome to Stay Wild. Yay, I'm so happy to be here. I love your podcast. Yay, I'm so glad you're here. Um, We met in Bali, what, like three years ago? You just reminded me. It was so long ago. And you are a full entrepreneurial, spiritual coach badass. (laughs) <laughs> so I want to di- I want to just boom straight off the bat dive in. Um, how did you start your journey? Oh well, we got to kick it back a good ten years. Probably. Boom, time so, machine. We're there. Yeah, we're we're going back. So I was that person who went to three different colleges in three different states and changed my major three times, and I really had no idea what I wanted to do. So my first. Uh, major, I wanted to do political science, and I thought I was going to be a lobbyist. I don't like politics that much, or or like the vibe of politics that much. So that was out at college number two. I thought, okay, maybe events, business, something like that. Their program just didn't resonate with me. Um, so then I moved on to university number three, which was a small liberal arts university about an hour west of Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. Super small classes, uh, like 20 in each class. Nice. And I remember walking in on my first day and the creative – I was in the communication department – And my major was in new media and my minor was in marketing. And the first day I walk in and my professor was wearing a kilt. The classroom was in the basement of a building. It had, but it had all Mac computers and I had never worked on a Mac computer before. So like this dingy little classroom, but like hooked up, you know, hooked up to the nines and back. And in that program, I, I learned more things in that year and a half that I was there than I did probably in my entire college experience because the the professors there were so down to earth and they really just got it. So one of our projects towards towards the end was we were we were learning how to develop websites. At the time my mom was managing a campground. And so, you know, who better else to to do this project for than my mom? So I'm like, "Hey, you need your website needs a facelift. I'm going to do it for you." And I I started on this website, but at the same exact time as when Facebook had recently released their brand, their business pages for brands. And I was like, you know, mom, you should probably get on Facebook. Like this would be a great way to market, you know, all all the activities that you guys do connect with the local area. So I got them up and running on Facebook. And then it all just kind of like clicked for me at that moment. I was like, oh my gosh, I can do this for lots of businesses. I like, you know, that generation didn't know squat about Facebook at the time. It was very new. Um, yeah, it had only been out to the mass public, not to just the college kids for maybe two years. Yeah. Um, so like the shift was still happening. Everything was very new. No one really knew how to market on Facebook. So she had the connections. I had the idea and really knew how to do it. So we joined forces and my end goal 
after graduation is I, I wanted to move to Florida no matter what. Like that was my end goal. And so we went ahead and flew down to Florida. I got an LLC in my name. I got just one of those UPS mailboxes. So I had a Florida address, got my LLC. And before I graduated, I had my LLC before my diploma in hand. And then I had, I don't know, probably seven or eight clients from the get-go. But I really screwed up because, you know, the, the four P's of marketing, I messed up on pricing. And while I thought like, hey, this is really easy, like I can get businesses like nothing. I was selling a a package for a month for $90. Wow. $90. And I'm, I'm managing their accounts every day, like multiple platforms for them for 90 bucks. So fast forward like a month, I graduate from college. I have, you know, a plethora of clients under my belt. We moved to Florida. It was at the time it was uh, me, my boyfriend and and our daughter who was one at the time. And I we moved to Florida and we had some money in our savings. But when you move somewhere, you know how expensive it is just to move, you yeah, know, moving. Totally. Oh, just even getting groceries, you have to restock your house of everything. And about a month and a half after we moved to Florida, he couldn't find a job to save his life. When we first moved down, I actually read in USA Today that the county that we moved to had the number one foreclosure rate in the entire United States. There were no jobs there. I mean, he couldn't get anything. And this was like high to the recession. Oh, it was the height, like the worst time for us to move. And I... I mean, I had to borrow money from my dad. I wasn't eating. People would make these comments like, oh my gosh, you're getting so skinny. And I'd say something like, oh yeah, the Florida heat, you know, I'm, I'm sweating a lot. But in reality, I wasn't, I wasn't eating because money was so tight. I chose to feed my daughter Skylar over feeding myself. So, I mean, there would be days where I ate a, a piece of butter bread as my meal for the day. And wow. I don't, I, I, you can call it a divine gift from the universe. But it was almost at that time, we were probably moved down in May. So probably like around end of July, I really thought like, we failed, we screwed up, this was the worst decision we made. Like, what the hell did we do? And um, my dad was basically like funding my life right there at that point to just like get me by. And I got a call from a company, I had no idea who they were. They said they found me on some job site, I must have put my resume on there. A year or two before that. And um, they asked me to come in for an interview. So I was broke and desperate and I go in and I realized that it was a social media specialist position for Ford Motor Company. So cool. Um, right. So I think like, this is the best job ever. <laughs> so I take it making $14 an hour. Um, and I'm in there for a couple months. And in that first couple months, I've never felt like more of a robot in my entire life. I never felt like, you know, just devalued every day. Yeah. My, my boss at the time didn't know squat about social media. So say Twitter had changed, like they released a new feature. She wouldn't know about it. I would have to be the one who told her about it. And it made me think like, Hey, you're the boss. Like, why aren't you keeping up with these changes and telling us? So, um, I ended up my at the time before I graduated, I had a business mentor already and I interned for him. It was one of my mom's friends and he had, you know, been an entrepreneur for most of his adult life. And I will never forget that he told me, Lauren, you are not supposed to work a nine to five job. Like That's not for you. I'm telling you ahead of time that life is not for you. Well, when you're desperate and you need money, sometimes you do things that really aren't in alignment with your purpose. Um, yeah, or you just do things to kind of get back to baseline. Just, Absolutely. Just to get by, <laughs> you know, like to, to eat. That was kind of my goal. Yeah. Eat and pay rent. And um, so after about six months there, I felt miserable. My relationship was failing. I never saw Skylar. I would see her for an hour and a half every single day. Mm. And it felt so unnatural to me because I was a young mom. I had her in college, but I, I scheduled my classes. So I was going to school like two, three days a week. And then I was home, you know, I was home all the time and everything was failing. And I knew it was a direct result of, of being in that company. So I was like, okay, I kind of, I still had my, my clients from socially tangled. 
doing social media management. Some of them I kind of like kicked off or, you know, they fell off. But I was like, if I can revamp my packages, turn that, let's say $90 package into what it should be, $500, $600. I really only need, right, four four or five clients to to make what I'm making now. So um, I I promised myself first of the year, I'm going to do this and I'm going to make it work. Once I landed that first client, I didn't even wait. I quit immediately. Um, <laughs> I was just, you know, here, you got two weeks, I'm done. And they were also shocked and taken back because when I was at Ford, I broke so many records. I was doing customer service and marketing on Twitter and I was just a machine. Like I could, I could tweet all day long and break every, you know, numbers record that they had. But it, I, again, I was just a robot. So when I quit, I kind of slept for like a week straight. Easily. My, I, I, yeah. Yes, I I was just so brought down, um, and I'll never forget after that week of just sleep and kind of rejuvenating, everything then went into alignment. So from the time that I quit Ford, fast forward six months, I had a team of six people under me. I a couple months after that, I had my first ten thousand dollar month, and Natasha who, you know, she actually worked with me at Ford and she quit just a couple weeks before me. So then she joined me as, as I like to call her my left-hand woman, because she's (laughs) left-handed, left-hand woman at Socially Tangled. And from there, we really just began to, you know, do social media management for clients. We took our corporate knowledge and integrated it into small businesses, um, coaching, all of that stuff. So that's kind of what I did for a while um, and, and then, you know, it just kind of started to get that same feeling again, probably about two years ago, I started to feel, I don't really have a, a purpose in the social media management world. And I struggled with that. So uh, the same business coach, same mentor who told me I wasn't meant for that nine to five, he approached me and said, Hey, I'm getting together this collective book. It's called the whole professional. I would love to have your piece in it, like your journey. You know, I have a fitness person. I have this, I have that, but I think I'm missing you. So I was like, okay, you know, I never really thought about being a published author, but this sounds pretty cool. And so I wrote a chapter and I, I, I honest to God, don't remember the name of it right now. Like I'm, it was something like 10 signs, you know, you're an entrepreneur or something. And then like, maybe this is the route you're supposed to go. And, um, it did the book. I, you know, my expectation is you sell, you write a book, everyone's going to buy it, right? Yeah, exactly. And that was not the case. I think I sold myself 20 books, if that, but because there were other authors who contributed, one guy, he was, he was working at a university and he got the book into the University of District of Columbia, which it's now being used as part of their career prep program. So, um, that was kind of my first lesson in in books and expectations and disappointments. Like, you know, I set the bar a little high. So after that first book came out, um, I was like, okay, yeah, I can, I can do something different. My life just isn't social media. Yeah. But then I got stuck in that fear realm again and had a lot of thoughts of like, oh my gosh, are they going to think I'm a fraud? You know, are people like... Yeah, it's so easy. I mean, like in the world, in the Western world in general, I find that there's multiple, like you're getting the doubt from multiple places. It's like, I'm a woman. Do I have a right to be here? I'm an entrepreneur. Like I'm a solopreneur. I'm doing it on my own. Do I have a right to be here? You know, and I think traditionally having the support of a corporation has been the thing that legitimizes people and legitimizes information. Yes. And we're not in that world anymore. Oh my gosh, no. And and I didn't realize at the time how much one I I've had I had a lot of trauma in my teen years. I didn't realize how much baggage I was holding onto that. I had a really toxic boyfriend. I mean, so toxic. He would mm. he would get in my face and scream at me about my weight. I was a competition cheerleader. So even at 140 pounds, I, I was muscle. You know, I was, yeah. I was straight muscle. But he would get in my face and be like, if you ever get 150 pounds, I will leave you. And I don't know why. Like that just it struck me. And yeah. then that number became something in my head. And now he's in prison. And that just tells you like the type yeah, of person that he absolutely. was. Absolutely. Like, and I think I will, sometimes, you know, when when we're around people like that, 
it's so easy to give them our power. You know? oh, he had he had every breath of my power. I was powerless in that situation. And I there are a lot of people tell me things from my teenage years that I I have no memory of at all mm-hmm. because I just blocked so much out because of the pain that he caused me. It was a mental emotional pain. And I was working on a project. It was um with this amazing lady. She had started International Women's Education Day. And it was all, you know, our, our goal was to raise awareness about how many people, how many women in the world don't have a right to education and how, you know, how girls get shot and killed and kidnapped simply for receiving an education. And during that project, I kind of had a breakdown. She went to do a a one-on-one coaching session with me at the time I was, I can say I, I was not a spiritual person. Um, the whole world of spirituality was not open to me yet. I grew up in a Christian household. I kind of decided on my own terms in my teen years that a lot of what I was being taught in this just didn't make sense to me. Some of it did. Some of it, I was like, okay, like you're teaching really great values, but like that story doesn't make sense. Like, you know, it just, it wasn't for me. I knew there was something more um, than the information I was knowing. So when I had this coaching, coaching session with her, She's talking about you know, crystals and uh, she's like, close your eyes and like, what colors do you see? And that's something I'd never done before. And when I was on the phone with her, I just, I started bawling uncontrollably. And I think I kind of like set her back a little bit. She's like, whoa, 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 like what just happened here? And I, I expressed to her how much doubt I had in myself. And I was like, you know, I, I kind of feel like a fraud working on this, on this project because I'm helping you advocate you know, women being powerful and being worthy. And I don't feel worthy at all. Mm. And she was like, I want you to do something. I want you to repeat every single day. She's like, whether you say it to yourself in the mirror, whether it's that internal dialogue, whether you write it down, I want you to say, I am worthy. I am enough. She's like, you say that every single day. So I did. And, and at this point, you know, I'm at, I guess it was like 2014. I was after the birth of my second daughter. Mm. Um, and I just, I just felt so lost. So I take that advice and I start saying it every day, you know, and it's not like something like I tell people like at the time, like junior didn't know, you know, like, right. It's not something I'm like, Hey right. guys, I'm, I'm now doing this to help. It was just that I feel myself not feeling, feeling good enough. And I repeat those words. I wake up in the morning, I repeat those words. And somewhere along that line, I start to believe it. I, you know, it's like, absolutely. There's not like that defining moment where it's like, oh, I know it's it's like falling asleep. You know, it's like a little bit. I think John Green and the fault in our stars says that the most falling in love is like falling asleep. It's a it's very slow. And then all at once. And I I think spiritual transformation is very similar for me as well. You know, at first it starts out with this like secret practice, you know, where you feel like you're just going to try this thing and you're not going to tell people about it. And it's just going to be something that you do for you. And you're just going to see if it brings a little bit more clarity and a little bit more joy. Yes. And that's exactly what it did. And, and life just kind of all shifted from there, you know, and I'm, I'm not as timid to make bigger leaps and to I, really I've I learned throughout this entire journey is to trust myself more to trust yes. my intuition to listen to it to I remember in high school I would be invited to a party and for some reason you know like I'm an introvert at heart um I'm, I'm a fool people are sometimes surprised by that because I'm no friendly, I am too I'm like right. I can people all day long and then I need to come home and just like put and on recharge. fuzzy socks and like lay yep. in the fetal position yeah totally. right but I didn't I didn't understand that in high school no one um, did I didn't either nope <laughs> right right and I think I even took like the Myers-Briggs personality test and it said like I was an extrovert well personality test you can change your answer based off of who you want to be and what you want to be Absolutely. and how you want people to see you and so I had thought you know I'm an extrovert and And um, when I kind of succumbed to that introvert, I realized that in high school, the parties I didn't want to go to, it was my intuition telling me not to go. And I didn't, I struggled with like, why am I feeling these feelings? And I I can't explain them. And I will say that like some of those parties I didn't go to, they were like the ones that, you know, got busted by by, like cops or something. And, but, but that wasn't what I enjoyed going to anyways. It's just, I didn't understand it. So the more I start to, 
become more aware and um, more in tune with spirituality and just learning more things. Like my first yoga class just opened my mind to a different world and it, I felt like I began changing. And then I start journaling and that in itself Girl, yes. My life changed my life. So, so yeah. So now, um, have another book out. I transformed once again into more business coaching and courses. And I want my my goal right now is to help other people grow. Whatever that growth looks like to unleash your purpose, to be the best version of yourself, and to let go of those limiting beliefs that you're not good enough. You're not worthy because we all are. So absolutely. Um, and in the land of, I mean, the, the landscape of having your own business of new media of business coaching is like the wild west these days, right? I mean, boundaries are soft, uh, qualifications are amped up and it can be really easy to see someone else who maybe doesn't have doesn't know as much as us, right? Or maybe doesn't have that purpose behind us. But it's so easy to look at them and be like, look at how green their grass is, you know? And, you know, in the age of new media, that's what we see, right? We see the win culture. And I think what's great about a lot of the content that you put out for yourself, for your clients, is that it's authentic. And you're not doing it for the likes, you know? No, no. Yeah, so, like, that's actually one of my – one of my strategies is authentic, actionable, and profitable strategies. Because if you're not authentic, no one's going to take action. No one's going to continuously follow you. They're going to see right through you. And if you're just posting to post without that intention, um, you're not going to, you know, you might get a thousand likes, but what does that really mean? You know, what does a like really mean? Right, exactly. Um, Are you connecting with someone are you bringing business in? Are you spreading your message? What else? Right, exactly. I would much rather post um, on, on my podcast account. I post every other day. A It's actually, I take either a quote from Mind Love or it's just whatever I'm feeling that day and just repost it. And I would rather have five likes on it and one person say, man, that hit me today rather than having 10,000 likes and it not really resonate with yeah, and it's just going into the plethora of Instagram. Right, and it gets lost. So yeah. just carrying that message. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. And I think also for your journey, like it's been one of entrepreneurial growth. But, you know, someone else told me that entrepreneurs, like that is the biggest growth. When you when you work for yourself, you have to face some stuff. <sighs> Right? Oh my gosh. It's just like, what? It's always an uphill battle because I, and I know for you, like I'm, I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur. So sometimes we discuss this, like you're more of like the big picture person. I, and I like, I focus on the small details. So I think like big picture people and the small detail people actually need to work together to like bridge that gap because I can get lost all day long and figuring out the details. And if I get stuck in that, I I, I succumb to being perfect instead of choosing my purpose. And those details sometimes like they'll, they'll set me back. You know, I might say, oh, this project is, is going to launch next week. If I get too stuck in those details, that next week will be a year. You know, will will be longer. I mean, there's a project I have right now that I'm going back to that I had an idea for three years ago, but I let my mentality of like, oh, no one's going to buy it. No one's going to get it. You know, like that, that doubt, those fears, everything kind of held me back. And at what point are you just like, do it? Yeah. (laughs) Do the damn thing. Exactly. If it doesn't work, who the hell cares? You learn something from it, you know, regardless, whether you know who your audience is, maybe the content wasn't right. Maybe the time wasn't right. Maybe it's not what people needed at that moment, but regardless, if it fails, if it wins, you've, you've grown from it, you've learned from it. And hopefully other people have too. Absolutely. And I think there's also this extreme vulnerability with entrepreneurship where, you know, you put your heart and your soul behind something Um, And you're saying, this is something I created. And it's so easy to take it personally when really we should just be like, okay, this was a project, right? Like it's the same with my art. I always have to say, you know, I can't 
like I'm glad my music resonates. I'm glad my cartoons, the podcast, camp, I'm glad it all resonates with people, but I can't do it for that reason. I do it because I'm divinely called to do it. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that that was a big step for me, I think too, because especially with a marketing brain. Oh yeah, um, totally. Cuz you're always thinking of how it's going to sit, how it's going to yes. play out. How is it going to sell? And, you know, how, what are they going to think about this? And once I gave that up, that's actually um, with Mind Love. I didn't put it out for anyone else. I actually, it wasn't even supposed to become a book. The premise of the book is I actually took my journal writings. I, you know, I grabbed notebooks from the past three years and just kind of flipped through. And I highlighted the quotes and because I, I write down daily affirmations and blessings, whether that's, you know, some days it just might be writing, I am enough five times in a row. Other times they're super deep with them going through, whether it's motherhood, entrepreneur, life, friendships, whatever, relationships, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I just went through and I just highlighted the best ones. And when I went to put out this book, my intention for it, my sole intention was to not even sell it. And I just wanted to give copies away. And I, I was going to do more of like an ebook type of thing. Yeah. And then I, I woke up one morning and I was like, you know, I think, I think this should be a book. So I put out the feelers of it. And I was like, you know, I, this at the time, I didn't even have production in the, in the mind yet. But I just put something out on Facebook. And I was like, you know, I'm thinking about writing this, this book. Here's what it's about. And people are like, when's it coming out? When are you doing this? I need this in my life. And then I was like, wow, there is a, a massive need for positive shift. So when I, when I put it out, I still wasn't thinking about anyone else. And I actually think that's why this book did so phenomenally well, was because my intention was just to spread positivity in the world and nothing else. Absolutely. You know, like, I wasn't worried about making money. I wasn't worried about what people thought. I don't care if you read this book and you're like, this is a bunch of shit. I don't care. Like I, I lost all feelings of, of judgment mm-hmm. because I believe in it so deeply. Absolutely. And like these, these things have helped me grow as a person. And, you know, my best friend who's not a spiritual person, of course, bought the book. And she texts me the morning she got it and said she was just sitting there sobbing. She was like, I didn't, I didn't even realize like you could write like this, you know? And I was like, right, because that's something I do for myself, not for others. But it's, it has transformed in just ways that I, I could have never imagined. Absolutely. And I think the thing that is so incredible about when we create for ourselves, right? We It starts out as this little seed, right? And we nurture it in this very secretive, very safe way. And then it grows to the point where we think, okay, you know, this is something that not only is benefiting me, but I'm being selfish by not sharing it. Yes. That's absolutely yeah. how I felt with my music. Yeah. And absolutely. I didn't even, Same I with didn't the cartoons. Realize. Yeah. Yeah. And it becomes one of those things where it's not – it's not about being liked or it's not about how big it gets, but it's about being present in that spirit of service, of saying, yes. this brought me value. This increased the level of joy in my life. And I want to share that. It's contagious. Right. And like, and some of them, some of them, I like to call them mind love nuggets. They, um, they were in my darkest of days and other ones were on like the best days where I was yeah. on cloud Where you're nine, like, I you went know? to yoga and the farmer's market and yeah. everyone's lunches got packed for school. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. And then and then those other days where you're just feeling like a complete pile of crap and yeah. you, you're questioning yourself and, and everything about it. And for me, sometimes just, just writing those, those thoughts out, it's like I've released them from my mind. You know, whether it's negative or positive, like they're no longer consumed by me. Um, and it's always just really cool for me. And I'm sure you do it too. When you go back into your journal writings, just to see yeah. how far you've grown. Absolutely. You can't always see it in yourself. You know, like other people can, I think a lot easier. Like, oh, you've done this, this, and this. But if you're still struggling with something internally, you may not see that the way that they do. But for me, when I look back on my writings, I see and I feel the growth. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's, that's one of those things that's the great thing about having a practice, right? Whether it's drawing, whether it's singing, whether it's 
even dancing because you feel those changes in your body, writing, you get to go back and you get to see kind of, okay, this is where I was. And it's not about where you're going. It's about showing up every day. Yeah. Absolutely. So I want to pivot a little bit and talk about being a mom. The best. Because you are a mom of two beautiful girls. Yes. And they are amazing. I love your posts about them. They're so cute. Um, What is it like? I mean, because you were a mom before you were an entrepreneur. Yes. And I think probably in that like mompreneur landscape that we're in now, it's about balance, right? Mm, yes. So what is that? I mean, what does it look like for you to have that? And how how is it really kind of – what is the picture of that in your life look like? So I I – this is something that I've, I'm continuously learning and I have to tell myself, but every level of motherhood looks different. Mm. So you know, I can feel, so my, my oldest daughter will be nine next month. And I had this like feeling the other day, I was like, man, I don't remember the last time that like, I actually had to like wash her hair for her, you know, whereas my four-year-old, I still have to give her a bath, wash her hair, you know, like wash her feet, you know, tell yeah. her things to do. Cause she's still learning. But I, I, it kind of hit me like I don't remember the last time I gave Skylar a bath, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, she she doesn't need me anymore." And it, it became this like whole scary emotional moment to me. I'm like, "I'm losing my baby," you know. Yeah. And then I realized, no, she needs me in a different way now. And then I t- I told my mom that my mom was like, "Well, yeah, that's why when you call me when you're having a bad day, you still need me. You may not need me to pay your bills. You may not need me, you know, to." to pick you up from soccer practice, but, but you need me in a different way. So I've learned that motherhood in general changes constantly. And what that picture looks like, it, it changes based on your kid's age. Um, maybe even on your kid's gender. And, and I don't, I'm not sure I have two girls, but I, but I assume my sister has two boys. So pa- motherhood looks different for us. Um, and balancing motherhood and business I, I'm not sure I'm a master at it. <laughs> I don't I don't know if anyone's like really a, like a master at it. But for me, my kids were really little. And I was very, very, very diligent for the longest time of not wanting help. And it sounds so crazy to me now looking back. But I wanted my kids home with me while I worked. Super insane. But that re- for me, that required when I had two little kids at home – one was a baby. I was sitting on conference calls nursing. I remember one time I was on a Skype call and my youngest walked in completely naked, <sighs> holding up holding up her dirty diaper. And I was just like, you know, I'm like on Skype and people are like, oh, hi. I'm just mortified. And, and then I'm like, these things happen. <laughs> this is life. It's not going to be perfect. And I've also had to I, – I also gotten so consumed into business that I didn't feel like a good mother always. Mm-hmm. Um, I told you, like when I went to Bali, that whole, I guess that was 2015, mm-hmm. that entire year I traveled so much, more than I have in any other year. I missed Easter. I missed performances. I missed um, field trips, you know, little things. And my oldest daughter had, she actually mentioned, made a comment to my friend that, you know, I don't ever see my mommy anymore. Like, oh, how heart wrenching that that is how my kid sees me is like I'm not present. And no matter, you know, I could get up and make her breakfast every single day. I could drive her to school every single day. But for her, like those moments weren't counting. It was the big moments. So I kind of like I had to take a step back and be like, what is important to me right now in this moment? Is it making a crap ton of money or is it spending time with my kids while they're still little? And that ultimately that one. And so that, that shifted the business life a little bit. Um, so it's constantly changing. Now I have, I realized that for me to be able to do that, I needed help. I needed to put my youngest daughter into daycare. Even it was for a while, it was just two days a week. Yeah. But those, those two days a week gave me two days to focus on my business. And when the kids got home, I could turn my laptop off, you know? Yeah. So I, I had to give myself more structure but also still keep like the, the, the flow that entrepreneurship allows you to have and the freedom that it allows you to have. Um, but I, I definitely had to set up more structure. The balance of it is hard. It's always changing. It always looks different. Um, so it's, it's just something that you kind of have to adapt to and roll with. It's never going to be 
perfect. It's always going to be messy. Um, but the journey's yours and how you decide to balance it all is, is kind of what fits for your family. Absolutely. And I think, you know, also in this day and age, like I'm not a mom yet, but there is this, you know, pressure, I think, to be everything to everyone. And when you have your own business, it is about that freedom, right? It's, I mean, and when you're single um, and have no kids like me, you can travel around the world and, you know, it's amazing. But there is also a moment where you need structure in order to be productive. Yes. And for me, I mean, that meant kind of staying in one place for a while. And I, you know, I, I do still move around, but it's, you know, every six months instead of every six weeks. Mm. Um, and I think it's having that structure. People, you know, in the digital age, we see people's like, oh my gosh, entrepreneurial, entrepreneur, like amazing dream life. But like the nuts and bolts of it are still, you need routine, you need yes. structure, you need to be organized. Yes. Because without it, it's, you know, you're, you're floating. I also had to, if you were to ask, say, a year or two ago, if you were to ask Skylar what her dad did, he would say, like, oh, he, he works at a machine shop. If you were to ask what I did, she's on her phone all the time. Like, I didn't, I didn't have a job in her eyes because I was home. You know, like, like my, I work from home. So yeah. I'm never leaving the house. And so for her, like, if I was just on my phone – She'd be like, oh, mom's working again. Well, I could just be on Instagram for fun, but she would think I'm working. She had no idea what I did. And it wasn't until that that first book came out and she was like, Mom, you write books? And I was like, I do now. You know, so yeah. like so now she tells her friends, like, oh, my mom writes books. And then I, you know, like as she's getting older, she's understanding it a little bit more. But it was also hard for me to like, man, am I am I looking like I don't do anything? in my kids' eyes because I'm not leaving the house. You know what I mean? So, like, for me, it's just weird to see her perception of the reality and kind of have to, like, pull it back in. And and for me, I have to teach her what what I do. She she doesn't know. I had to teach her. And, um, you know, some of it, sometimes it's, you know, whether she saw a book or I would just show her a website I created for someone just to help her understand, like, Yes, I may be home, but I'm I, I still work. You know, and they're like I'm I'm still working. I'm not just texting on my phone all day. Like I'm I'm actually working. So it's been it's been different. You know, it's not like I have like oh I'm a yoga teacher. Oh I right. I there's do this. no like, there's no set kind of stock standard thing right. that you and can say. And it's interesting. You know, I think like having your kids as an example of that is is really cool because to the rest of the world, we still all have to do the same thing, right? People ask me what I do and I'm like, well, I'm an artist, but I have some businesses and I have a podcast and, you know, like it's it's interesting, you know, when you have multiple irons in multiple fires, you know, it becomes one of those things where it's like, how do you explain your multifaceted life? Yes. And why do I have to be defined as one thing? Yeah. Why, like, why, and why would my job define me as a person? You know, like that, it doesn't, it's a piece of me, but it's not all of me, you know? And I try to, in business, keep it really real, you know, um, whether that's motherhood, whether that's the struggles I've been through, I'm not afraid to tell a client, like, look, I, before this, I've, I've had a really bad day and be vulnerable with them. Like, Maybe we should reschedule. I'm not on my A game. Like I've I've had to learn that that was okay to do, um, because for a while I would just burn myself out in doing things and then not show up as my best self and have no excuse for it. Whereas now, like I, I can acknowledge those feelings and, you know, and and just take ownership. And I feel like when we have when we give ourselves too many definitions of who we're supposed to be, it really limits us in so many ways. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it's so easy in the West to define ourselves by our occupation, right? Mm. Like, it's so easy to say, I'm a lawyer, or I'm a doctor, or I work at this shop, or I, you know, work at this restaurant, or I'm a chef, whatever it is, right? It's so easy to just say, this is who I am. But it's actually not. It's not who I am. No, no. Um, and on your on your uh, gravestone or tombstone, it's yeah. not going to say, "Here lies Lauren." 
entrepreneur author podcast host. Like, it's not going to say that. Like, and that's not how I want people to remember me. I want them to be like, oh, Lauren was always there for me. She always had really good advice. She was a listening ear. She was a kind soul. You know, like, that's how I want people to remember me. So no matter what business I'm in, no matter what I'm doing, I want the real authentic me to come out and, and that be the guiding light for whatever project I'm working with or whoever I'm talking to. Absolutely. Well, how you show up exactly. Yes. It's the, yes. It's vital. I think, you know, and, and that's, I think, the difference between spirituality, philosophy and spirituality as a practice, I think, for a lot of people, you know, because you can study um, a lot of different religions. You can, you can meditate all day long, but if you're a jerk to people, like, that's the practice of it, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's one of those things where you really have to check yourself at times. I mean, I do. When I'm having a bad day, I'm like, this isn't about anyone else. What is, what's happening here and how can I move through this and show up. Yes. And I, it has changed my mindset. Um, just in the past, I'd say three years, I feel like I've become a better mother since knowing myself more. Um, those inner dialogues that I have with myself, I don't want my kids to have those, you know, that I'm not enough. I'm not worthy. So every day before preschool, me and my daughter Callie on, on our ride to school, or maybe it's before we leave, you know, just depending on how our morning's running. But you know, I say like, I make her repeat affirmations. Like I am the coolest. I am the smartest. I am a good friend. I'm going to have an amazing day. And I, I set those in her mind. And I guess we've been doing this since she just started actually going to school five days a week in August. And I guess it was about mid September. We were in the car and I was like, all right, Callie, like, let's do it. Are you ready? I, and I started like, I, and I couldn't even get it out. She was like, no, mommy, I'm going to do it. She's like, I am smart. I am beautiful. And she starts repeating them herself without yeah. being prompted. And that like, to, like my heart melted, my eyes got teary. And I was like, this, like, this yeah. is what I want my kids to, to know and to feel about themselves and to truly love themselves. Absolutely. Well, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to hear more about mind love and some tips Lauren has. So hold on. Woo. All right. All right, humans, we're going to get back to the show in a bit, but I wanted to take a minute to talk to you about Camp Clarity coming up in February the 17th through the 23rd and April 14th through 20th, 2019. We have two weeks coming up for women to come to Bali and transform their lives. We're talking about empowered, joyful workshops to level up in your life, plant-based, amazing food, luxury villa, incredible connections, people, experiences, come to Bali. If you have any questions or you want to get in touch, head over to Join Camp Clarity. That's J-O-I-N-C-A-M-P-C-L-A-R-I-T-Y.com. It's pretty much the best week in Bali I could come up with after five years of living there, of having such a grasp on the community and wanting to help women transform their lives and level up. So come join us and back to the show. All right, humans, we're back with Lauren Smith, entrepreneur, author, and podcast host. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. And before the break, we were talking about your journey, being an entrepreneur, being a mom, and you're a pretty badass social media gal and business (laughs) strategist. So I want to pick your brain about some tips you may have for the Stay Wild listener. We have a lot of entrepreneurs. We have a lot of people with personal brands. Um, And we just have a lot of people who have social media. And so what are some tips that you have for people to utilize um, to get their message out there and to have that unique edge? So I think it really depends on what platform you're on. And that's going to differ for every single person in any industry. So what might do well on YouTube, they may not do well on Pinterest. If you're doing great on Instagram, you may not be doing good on Facebook. So I think knowing where your audience is, is huge. And if you're not sure where your audience is, you can, of course, look at, you know, the demographics that every Google link has provided you. But I find that sometimes you don't even know your audience is there until you test the waters. So, um, it's also really important to use platforms that you enjoy using. So I don't really like Facebook all that much anymore. I've kind of 
you know, it's kind of just ran its, its course for me. Um, but I really like Instagram now, granted it's now coming with its own uphill battles, but I find it harder to post on Facebook than on Instagram because I like the platform of Instagram more. I enjoy scrolling on it more. So I, you know, the consistency of me for posting on Instagram is always going to be better than the consistency of me posting on Facebook because that's where I like to be. Also, my audience is there too. So it's easier to connect. Um, so I think finding where your audience is, what platform works for you, um, and, and showing up on that platform is, is really huge. So I know those kind of sound a little elementary, but those are really, that's, those are key. Those are the basics, right? That's the baseline. That's like the baseline. Where's your audience hanging out and where do you find the platform? Like which platform works best for you? Absolutely. Right. Because why are you going to go onto a platform that you don't like using? You're just, you're going to hate it. And then if if you're hating it, then that's going to show through on your message no matter what. Um, The second thing is I know a lot of people scheduling posts will come up a lot. Um, Yeah. It's okay to schedule posts. We are all busy people. Sometimes you just need to get your content out. But I find that when you show up and you are present, whether that is 10 minutes a day, you will see the shift on your platforms. So yeah, I could, I could schedule posts five days a week and never engage with anyone. And my, it's just, it's going to be crap. You know, like I'm not connecting with anyone. I'm just posting content to post content. That's not what I want to do. I want to post content with meaning, with intention. Um, I want to connect with people. I don't just want to connect with these people. Of course, I want them to like maybe buy a product or whatever in the long run, loop them into my marketing funnel. But you can't do that if you're just solely scheduling posts and not showing up on that platform and engaging. So another good tip. So say if you're on Instagram a lot, um, you only have 10 minutes you know, a a day, that's all you're giving yourself to social media for your business. That's fine. That is completely fine. But in those 10 minutes, you need to decide what am I prioritizing? For me, I already have my content laid out. I normally do my content in batches. So I might do, you know, 10 days at a time. I know what it's going to look like. I don't, and that's not to say I always have the caption written. I just might know what image is going to be up. Um, and then I use my 10 minutes to connect with people. I go through and I comment on posts that actually resonate with me and I give real feedback to it. I'm not just like, Oh, cool. Great picture. You know, um, for a client recently, they have a a baby safety product. And one way that we were engaging is this month is SIDS awareness month. So you, there are parents out there who are mourning the loss of their child still, whether it just happened a week ago, whether it happened 10 years ago, that pain's not going to go away. But how amazing for a company that backs, you know, safe sleep tips to go out and just reach out to these parents and be like, we are thinking of you today. And and if they've mentioned the child's name, use the child's name and in it, like make it real to them. Um, if they are behind a, a platform and so mine right now is at mind biz life. Why not go to my platform instead of saying just like cool, cool picture. Why not connect more and be like, Hey Lauren, I love this. It connected to me. All you had to do to figure out my name was just click on my profile. You know, like it just connects it a little bit more. Um, so spend the time and actually showing up and engaging. I don't want to ever hear someone say, I don't have 10 minutes to engage because I find 10 minutes every single day, whether it's I'm riding shotgun in the, in the passenger seat and I'm not responsible for driving. There's my 10 minutes on our way to dinner. Um, I wake up a little bit earlier before my kids every morning just to have coffee and journal. I can then, after I'm done journaling, I can pick up my phone and there's my 10 minutes. Yeah. So it, wherever you can find the time. I mean, some find, people spend 10 minutes on the toilet. Like you could do yes, it. Yes, like, <laughs> you can absolutely do it. And people are like, I don't have time to do it. I'm going to call BS on that. You always have the time. If you really want to grow that platform and to grow your presence on it, you have to give it the time. Um, another tip is not to use automation. I know that is a lot of people do. And if you're on Instagram, you'll see it a lot. You'll get those comments that are like cool feed. I actually got one the other day. It was on a quote, um, but it was, it was relevant to traveling. So of course I use like hashtags that were like adventure, you know, something like that. And uh, of course it was an automated comment and it was cool picture. Which filter did you use? 
And I'm just like, my response back was, this is a really good example of why automation should not be done. Yeah. Because if you're, you know, it, it meant nothing. You were adding zero value to my content. And it just shows me that you're not really behind that account, liking my photos, commenting on my page. You have it set up. So I know that's like a really easy route to go, um, but I just wouldn't do it. And I, I actually tried automation, I guess a year and a half, two years ago on my own account. And when I went in and I didn't have comments set up, I just had likes set up based off of certain hashtags. And when I went back in and I was looking at the posts that I had liked, not a single one would I have actually liked in real life. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, people look at things that you've liked and what you've commented on. I didn't want that to be a representation of who I am, what I believe, um, even what I'm interested in, you know? So like, it doesn't always, you know, they don't know you. So I would steer away from that. It might be a really good, easy, fast way to grow your following, to get your name out there, but it's not authentic. And, but you know, I think that there's a difference between in this line, like in new media, there's a li- the line is blurred, right? So there is a difference between scrolling on Instagram for your own enjoyment and liking and commenting and engaging with your audience. Yes. Yeah. And you can find the balance between the two as well. So you can scroll for your own enjoyment, but you might find yourself getting stuck on that, you know, where you're not, you're like, oh, I spent 10 minutes on Instagram today what did you do? Did you just scroll through content? Um, or were you showing up for your business? So I think you have to set the intention of what you're actually doing when you're on that platform. If you're on Facebook, are you going to get consumed into sharing, you know, maybe your friend had posted their political views, which you don't agree with at all. Are you going to spend your 10 minutes writing back a response to them? That's just going to drain your energy. And you know, it's probably going to be a losing battle because clearly they're already set in their way in their thoughts, or are you just going to let it go? And move on and focus that 10 minutes into your business, into your account, into engaging with people who are like-minded and want to hear more about you. So I think it's all about setting that intention of what you're going to do with your time and and just making sure that you're actually doing it. That's not to say you still can't make social media fun, um, but if you find yourself getting burnt out on social media, that is a key indicator to me. And I've managed over a hundred social media accounts and probably over 200 different platforms for clients. That's a key indicator to me that you're just showing up on autopilot. You, you're, you don't have intention. Um, you are, you're just doing it to do it, you know? So if you feel burnout from social media as an entrepreneur, not just a normal everyday person, if you, if you feel burnout, that's a time for you to step back. Yeah. Maybe, maybe call it a break from, from social media for a week and just kind of let your brain shut down and be like, okay, after this week break, what do I want my presence to look like? Where do I need to prioritize my time on this? What is really important message that I'm getting out? Do I need to be posting every single day? Do my client or do my followers need that? Or is that just something that I read on a Google blog that that's what you're supposed to do? Is it better for me to post three times a week? Is it better for me to post five times a day? You know, it's, it changes for everyone. And I, there's no cookie cutter method. You're going to see tons of people, social media specialists that are going to say, Oh, three o'clock every day, best time to post. Okay. So if that's the best time to post, everyone's sending out their content at the same exact time. How is that really the best time to post? You know? So I found that for some clients, if, if they're targeting new moms, Posting really early in the morning or really late at night when they're up changing diapers, feedings, and, you know, maybe they're breastfeeding or feeding the baby and they just, they're scrolling on Instagram looking for something. That content might be a really good time for that. Um, Whereas someone else, it might be the afternoon. So finding your sweet spot of when to post, that's up, you know, you kind of have to play around with that. For me, I found that if I post something inspirational, it has to be in the morning hours. Um, I found that, and that's just for me, I've posted inspirational stuff for other people works better in the evenings. Um, so I will never say there's a set time of when it's good to post. It's more about the message behind the post. For me, I know in the morning, my crowd needs that affirmation, that mantra, that positive thought for the day. Um, so, but I know that because I've tried it, you know, I've tried that method and it's really, you have to stay flexible on social media. What may work 
this month may not work next month. Um, another good thing is just, you have to use all the features that they give you. When Instagram came out with those Insta stories, I was, I love Snapchat at the time. I loved Snapchat and I was a little salty. I'm like, Oh my gosh, they're straight up, you know, Jack and Snapchat style. Like there's now stories on Instagram and a lot of people are like, I'm never going to use it. Okay. Fast forward a couple of months. Everyone uses it all the (laughs) time. You use stories more than you use the regular platform. It's really taken. Yeah. And then there's Instagram TV. Absolutely. And the the shift. So with Instagram TV, I had a client um, when this first launched, she was like, oh, that just seems like another place, you know, another thing to do. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. This is another chance for you to get your content out there. You know, like these are longer videos that we are using on Facebook. We can now use them on Instagram. And she just, you know, we would post it and 34 people would like, and she had 15, 20,000 followers. She's like, this is so like, why are we even doing this? Like she didn't see the big picture of it. Mm-hmm. And like, because we have to train the consumer to watch these videos. They, they're still against this. Oh, IGTV. What's that? I'm not really going to use that yet. Right, but, but then once, once they come on board, you guys will be the front runner. Exactly. Exactly. So I think try out those new features. Don't be afraid of them. Don't always knock them. Try them because if you get ahead of that, it's really going to excel your social media presence. That makes sense. Those are great. Those are great tips. Um, thank you. Well, apart from being a business badass, which you are, you wrote mind love. So instead of a toast poem today, we're going to get a little bit of mind love from Lauren. Um, and mind love is available on Amazon and you can order it. We'll have all of Lauren's links in the show notes. So check her out definitely. And, uh, here we go, Lauren, bring on the mind love. Okay. Well, I actually just flipped to a random page. So let's, here we go. Let's hear it. Okay. Number, this would be from page 42. I commit to evolving daily. Expansion is the result of focus and perseverance. Ooh. Like, so like with that one, I kind of think you know, you can't evolve and you can't expand unless you're mindful of that and you take action to do so. Right. So you can sit there and say all day long, I want to lose 10 pounds. You can think that every single day. Are you going to lose 10 pounds? No. But if you go out and you take the action and you put focus towards it and you're more mindful of what you put in your body, you show up to an exercise class, you have a coaching session with someone who maybe is can show you a better way to do something that you weren't getting results in before, you have to show up. And that's part of evolving. No matter what stage of life you're evolving in, you have to show up, you have to take action, and you have to focus on that of what you want. So that was page 42. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. It's another good one. Okay. So heal yourself first through healing. You will ignite your power. Oh my gosh. I have used this one in motherhood more times than not. I know we brought up, um, in our conversation yesterday, my daughter goes to a school that requires uniforms. And last year they had their first ever, we've attended the school. She's in third grade. So since it's, it's her, founding with her kindergarten year. This was their first time that they were ever allowed to have a non-uniform day. A free dress day. And I remember those. I went to a couple yes. of schools with uniforms. Yeah. Yeah. So free, you know, and like, I, I didn't think it was that big of a deal, but I also didn't ever wear uniforms. So, um, to her, it was a huge deal. And this was right before Easter and her, her grandmother had sent her a dress, an Easter dress. It was really simple. Just blue with like little flowers on it. And she loved it. And she was so excited, so excited to wear this dress. And she came home from, I picked her up in the car and she was bawling after school. I mean, she got in the car. I could see it, her face like walking up. I'm like, oh man, she didn't have a good day. And she gets in the car and just lost it. And she cried so hard. And these girls were just being, you know, mean girls. Mean girls. No. Yes. And, um, she, he just felt like she she was attacked. They told her that her dress was ugly. Um, and so I had actually posted on social media because my lesson to her was the voice of one person is or the opinion of one person is not always the opinion of the masses. But really, my so that was one message to her. But I also had to tell her, you know, first of all, we have to heal those feelings of for her that she was coming up and 
clearly she was hurt, you know? So we had to like fix those hurt feelings first. Um, but then for her, I was like, Skylar, you know, let's think of ways that we can take the situation and spread more kindness and more love within your classroom to other people. So at the time she had, I was like, what's, what's one kid in your class who you think, you know, could, who's maybe feeling hurt every day or who's, who's maybe had his feelings hurt. And she thought, um, she's like, Oh, there's this new boy. He just started a couple weeks ago. He has hearing aids. He gets made fun of them. I was like, Oh, does he not have a lot of friends? she's like, no, he doesn't have any friends. And I was like, okay. Well, I was like, well, maybe tomorrow when you walk in, um, to class, I was like, maybe it's a really good idea that you just say, you know, hi, how, like, how was your day? Or, Hey, do you want to sit next to me at lunch today? And when she did that, when I just prompted her to try it, I could tell she felt so empowered by kindness, you know? So like those hurt feelings of the bully, she turned that hurt and kind of shifted her magic and decided to, and not, I'm not going to go down to their level and say mean things back. I'm going to own my power and I'm going to spread kindness instead of hate. And I will say that since then we've had numerous conversations about how we can just be a kind person and our feelings may be hurt. We we're going to get hurt a lot in life. Things are going to stick with us from our childhood that will affect us in our adulthood, but we have to heal that part. And once we heal it, then we're able to use it as more, more of a power. Amazing. Oh, amazing. Mm -hmm. And I think also, you know, it's so easy when someone says something mean to us to go on that defense and to just snap back. Yeah. And that's where the true power comes from of saying, you know, I, I, just because I've been hurt doesn't mean I need to hurt others or continue to be, to feel hurt within myself. Yes. And I can actually use her again in this example. So page 53, when at fault, don't play the victim. The victim mentality is a weakness. I read this to her just a couple weeks ago. Uh, She started third grade and the the kid has been lucky. She's been in classes up until third grade with people that she knew, you know, so you walk in, you see a familiar face. That's your friend. Um, she walked in, she didn't know anyone in this class mm-hmm. this year and she may have like known them like, you know, other third graders. Yeah. Yeah. Right. She didn't know them. And she came home and she was like, she's like, mom, I, I cried in the bathroom today. And I'm like, Oh my goodness. Sky pie. You know, like, why? And she was like, because no one would sit at me at, with, with me at lunch. And at first, like that first mom moment, I'm like, Oh, those horrible Those kids. Yeah, yeah exactly. She's so awful. And then she goes on to say, I was like, well, why didn't you sit? You know, I like start naming some kids. I'm like, why didn't you sit with the girls? She's like, well, the girls were sitting next to the boys and I didn't want to sit next to the boys because they're messy. So I sat by myself. And then once she said that, I was like, huh. So I read her this quote and of course she doesn't understand it. And she's like, what victim mentality? And I was like, Skylar, that was your choice to not yeah. sit with them. Totally. You know? that was your choice. And I was like, if you don't want to sit with them, you can't be upset when people don't sit with you because you made the choice to not sit with them. So she was like, but I don't, you know, I don't want to sit by the boys. And they, they are, the boys are wild. I don't know. Boys at that Mm. age are crazy power to, to parents with boys. Um, so, but I told her, I was like, so the next day she had, she did have a friend in that class that she was warming up to. I was like, why don't you go up to her early in the morning and say, Hey, do you want to eat lunch with me today? You know, and I don't really want to sit near the boys. Can we sit at the opposite end of the table? And I just gave her the power to choose. Yeah. And I was like, you know, we have to own our actions. So while she was getting really mad at everyone else for not sitting at her, I had to, again, reel her back in and be like, okay, look, that yeah. was your choice. Where do we, where's the line between where everyone else shows up and where we show up? Yes. And, and it's so funny that we learn these lessons as adults. But I find more and more that like I want to teach my kids these lessons because how much easier to deal with the world when these these little thought nuggets have been preached to you as a child. Yeah. And then when you're an adult, you can handle situations better. As as children, we have to learn. I'm constantly trying to teach them how to deal with their emotions. But I also see so many times adults and peers who don't know how to handle their emotions. And the victim mentality. Oh gosh. Like that's just one that kills me. I can't, 
it's, it's very heartbreaking to see people. And I'm not this, I'm not, when I say victim mentality, I think I should also clarify, I'm not talking about victims themselves. Um, some people are like, well, I was you know, a victim of rape. I'm like, well, I, I spend that. I say, you're a survivor of rape. Absolutely. Um, and, Absolutely. And I think we're talking about choosing to be disempowered. Yes. Yes. And I, I know sometimes people like twist the, the word victim and it's, I'm not saying it's what you were victimized of. It's how you choose to, to grow from that. Someone who let's say had cancer, there was a football player, James Connor. He continuously says, uh, like, I don't want to be known as the, the guy who survived cancer. I want to be known as a football player. So he's trying to change the conversation. He's not letting the sickness he doesn't want to like someone to have pity on him because he had cancer. Um, he's like, no, yes, that happened to me, but and I'm it's not, not who I am. Yeah. Right. It's not defining of me. So, um, I think that's just one of those lessons that if we instill, a lot of us have to learn that as an adult, but if we can instill that in, in kids, it's really, really world changing. Absolutely. Well, Lauren, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so fun. Absolutely. All right, humans, big thanks to Lauren Smith for coming on the podcast. You can find her links, where to get mind love, where to find her, where to check out all of her social media expertise, all of that insight, all that gold, all her website details, social links, all that good stuff in our show notes. As usual, if you're liking the show, subscribe, write us a review on Apple Podcasts, iTunes. You can also find us on Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts from. Until next time, humans, stay wild. So we keep on keeping on.